Well, good morning, good news. It is Lord's Day. Every uh, Sunday morning, the first day of the week, we gather and we celebrate our risen Lord. He rose on the first day of the week, and we have 52 Sundays a year where we gather and we celebrate and we worship and we uh, get to love our God back for what he's done for us. In the seat backs in front of you, we have Connect Cards. They look like this. If you would take one of those and fill it out and drop it in the black boxes on your way out, we would very, very much appreciate that, especially if you're new. This is a great way for us to be able to get into contact with you and have uh, an easier way of bringing you into the body here at Good News and assimilating you. Next, we have the study. That looks like this. It's this nice Christmas theme. Um, this is a disciple-making tool. Every month we produce these, and it has a spot for you to take notes during the message. It has prompts for you to take with you to small groups so you can spur along conversation. And it has our New Testament reading plan that we do every year. So we're in Revelation right now, and that's going really, really well. So we encourage you to grab one of those if you have not already. Next is Discover Good News. This is our new membership class. Uh, we have it every month, and we have, uh, if you'd like to figure out more about what we believe as a church and who we are, this is your next step. Those are the dates that we have available for you to sign up and come to that. Would you mark that also on your uh, connection card and put, drop it in the back as well? All right, and lastly, we have a lot of stuff happening at the church happenings. And so we have these flyers in the lobby, and um, we have some people out there to talk to. And so there's so much going on. Make sure that you grab one of these flyers so that you are in the know and you know what is happening here at Good News. Let's pray for Smiley as he comes up to preach. Father, you are holy and you are glorious, and we are thankful that every week Week in and week out, we get to gather together as a church family and worship you. We get to sing songs. We get to learn more about you as we open your word. And Lord, we get to be built up into your body. We get to be built up as followers of yours. Thank you that we have such an incredible opportunity before us. We have 52 holidays a year, 52 Lord's Days to worship and celebrate you. Would you be with Smiley today as he preaches? Would you cover him with your grace, Lord, and speak through him? We love you so much, and it's because you first chose to love us. Pray these things in your name, amen. Logan, wait a second. You want some really good news? Yes. This year, there's not 52, there's actually 53 Sundays. I just thought you'd like to know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> the, the coming up in twenty twenty. So th this is a, the fifth fifth Sunday month this year. So we have fifty three, not fifty two this year. So isn't that good? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Even better than you thought. Um, this has been an amazing month or, or week at Good News. If if you're new, these rings represent people that have professed faith in Christ, that have moved from death to life. And we had a man who made us some new stands, and he brought them in last week, and we filled them out. So he made us another one this week. And what an incredible week that we saw 17 people who professed faith in Christ this week. 
something really neat's been happening that we've been having Christmas gatherings where people have invited, uh, someone has opened up their home and invited their friends to come in, and then someone else has shared the gospel. And so we've seen so many people come to faith in Christ and, uh, and some other people outside the gathering so that 17 people profess faith in Christ. And that's just so amazing. And there's something even more amazing than that. And uh, we, we had 46 people last year who led a friend of faith in Christ. And we were praying that God would double that this year. And right now, uh, God's more than double. We've seen 97 people have a chance to lead a family or a friend to faith in Christ. And let's rejoice with that, that God's double the number of evangelists. <laughs> and I get so excited to think, what would the next year look like, right? Because if God's, the last two years has done more than what we ask, imagine what would happen next year if God doubled that again. Uh, that's what I'm praying for. Um, I also wanted to share with you, last week I shared with you that many of you financially support the church and thank you for what you do. We couldn't do what we do without you. But if you're thinking about year-end giving or, or maybe you haven't given, we could really use your help this month. We're about $200,000 behind where we would really need to be. And if you're able to give something extra, we would really, really appreciate that. You're investing in a church that really wants to make disciples together and um, we would appreciate that. So let me pray for that. Lord, we're thankful that we've prayed and we've seen you double the number of evangelists here. Lord, we're thankful for 17 people this year who week who said yes to Jesus. You're an amazing God. And uh, Lord, we pray, pray that you continue through this month as Christmas gatherings gather to draw people to you. And Lord, we pray as we, uh, as we have financial needs, you taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, meet our financial needs. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, did you know there's two weeks left to Christmas? Are, are you ready? I heard a no. If you're not, we're spending the next two weeks really doing our best to help you prepare to have the best Christmas you've ever had. We're really working to help you have a December to remember. And to help you prepare, we're studying the book called Jonah. So last week, we started our study of Jonah, and what we looked at last week is, where is Christmas this year? And what we've learned is that Christmas this year is in Nineveh, because we discovered that Nineveh was a great and wicked city. And as we discovered that Nineveh was both great and wicked, we said, that sounds a lot like what? Like America, doesn't it? Are we not a great and wicked city or country? And, and what we learned last week is that in this great and wicked country, everyone needs Jesus. Often people are so divided, but we believe we have what can unite people together because what everybody has in common is we, everybody needs Jesus and especially me. And so today, we're going to focus in on the gift you really want. And we're going to notice the gift you really want isn't under your tree. It's not the gift you really want is Jesus, is Jesus. And, and what we're going to learn today, the point of today's message is that salvation is from the Lord. Would you say that with me? Salvation is from the Lord. Christmas is the celebration that salvation is from the Lord. But because we live in Babylon, because we live in Nineveh, there's so much busyness during this month. 
there's so much business in our lives that we can often miss out on what Christmas is all about. And so we're going to focus in on that today, that salvation is from the Lord. Because good things often crowd out the best things. And if we're going to have the best Christmas ever, if we're going to have a, a December to remember, it's going to be because we're filled with the wonder that salvation is from the Lord. So, since this is our second week, previously, previously on Jonah, as we began this study last week, we saw how the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And, and, jo- and said, Jonah, go to Nineveh and preach the gospel there. And you know why? Because God loves all peoples. But Jesus' people don't always share his love for all people. And so Jonah didn't go to Nineveh. The Lord said, go east. And he went west. And he tried to run from God as far as he could run. He tried to go to Tarshish. He got on a ship in Joppa. They get out in the middle of the storm. They throw him overboard. And we pick up where we left off last week. Uh, Jonah 1.17, Jonah is in the water. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. You see, salvation is from the Lord. The Lord sent a fish to save Jonah. The fish saved him. But I know some of you say, well, well Smiley, I mean, can a, can a person really be in the belly of a fish three days and three nights and live? And the answer to that question is no, a person can't. Listen, that's why Jesus called it a miracle. That's why Jesus called it a sign. Don't you remember what we read last week? In Matthew chapter 12, verse 38, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. Now, a sign was a miracle that pointed, when, when, a, when a prophet spoke God's word, it authenticated their word. So they said, if you are a prophet, if you are who you claim to be, give us a miracle, give us a sign. But he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation. Uh, notice we're not the first evil and adulterous generation. That's what the world was like when Jesus came. An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. It was a miracle. It pointed to God. God kept him alive three days and three nights. We we shouldn't look for other stories to authenticate Jonah about someone being swallowed by a fish. No, no, Jesus says it's a sign. It's a miracle that God saved Jonah because salvation is from above. It's from the Lord. Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. It pointed to Jesus, how Jesus would not only die, but Jesus would rise. The men of Nineveh will stand up with with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Listen, salvation is from above. It was a miracle that a fish came. It was a miracle that Jonah was kept alive. Well, Smiley, could that really happen? In Matthew 19, notice what Jesus said in Matthew 19. And looking at them, Jesus said to them, With people, this is impossible. But with God, what? All things are possible. The story of Jonah is a story of a miracle. And so if you're here and you're struggling 
to believe in the story of Jonah and the fish, listen, you're struggling in the wrong place. I want to show you where to stumble. If you want to stumble, don't stumble over Jonah and a fish. The most important verse in the Bible is what? The, the first one. And here's how the Bible stumbles. If you want to stumble, stumble here. Because the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so if you're here checking out the Christian faith, I want you to know that we believe that God spoke. And everything that is came into being out of nothing. And if God, if God could speak everything into being, then God could appoint a fish to swallow a person and keep them alive for three days. That's not really hard, okay? So never forget how the Bible begins with a big God. That's why our story, notice back to Jonah 1.17, and the Lord appointed. You see, the Bible begins with creation, that God made everything, and then it leads to providence. And providence is that God rules over everything that He made. Providence is that God is sovereign, that God is large and in charge. <laughs> and salvation is from the Lord, the Lord appointed. See the word appointed, it will occur four times in this book. Once in chapter 1 that he appointed a great fish, and then in chapter 4 we'll see how he appointed a plant and a worm and the storm or the wind. So the salvation, the Lord appointed a, a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. Salvation is from the Lord. A man, a prophet, was in the water and he was drowning. And Jesus saved him by sending a fish to save him. That's our story, <laughs> that we were drowning in our sins, and, and Jesus came to save us because salvation is from the Lord. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the stomach of the fish. So now he's in the fish, and he's recalling when he had prayed. And he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord, and he answered me. I cried to help from the depth of Sheol. You heard my voice. Um, Jonah teaches us how to pray. You know how we pray? We look at Jesus and say what? Help! That's what he did. He was in the water, and he, and he couldn't save himself, so he said, help! Why? Because salvation is from the Lord, and the Lord saved him. How about the thief on the cross, remember? <laughs> He's on the cross. He's nailed to a cross. He looks at Jesus, and what does he say? Help! And what happened? Jesus saved him, right? Because salvation is from above. He said, listen, today you'll be with me in paradise. For you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the currents engulfed me. All your breakers and billows passed over me. It's always bad to go overboard, isn't it? But to go overboard in the middle of a storm that frightened seasoned sailors is far worse. And Jonah was helpless. He was helpless. He was in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of the storm. So I said, I have been expelled from your side. Nevertheless, I will look again towards your holy people. And so again, he looks up and he says, help. And the Lord saved him because salvation is from above. We're learning that the Christian life is learning how to gaze at Jesus and glance at our circumstances. And so as we glance at, at very difficult things, we look up to Jesus and say, help! I don't know about you, but we live in a frightening, frightening world, and I'm so thankful to know Jesus, aren't you? Listen, prayer isn't so much something we do, it's someone we do life with. 
And Jesus is with us and he says, listen, if you ever need help, just ask and I'll help. And I don't know about you, but I need help all the time. Um, I have all kinds of fears and phobias, maybe the only person. Uh, I'm afraid of heights. I'm afraid of uh, uh, claustrophobia. And sometimes bridges freak me out too. A couple years ago, I'm going to Key West to do a wedding, and I'm on the seven-mile bridge, and I'm doing pretty good. I mean, the water seems to be closing on, on me, and then I go up. And when I see how far I have to go, man, I am filled with a panic, and I feel totally out of control. But Jesus says, you know, if you need help, I'm with you. Just say what? Help. And you know what? He helped me get across the bridge. Oh, Last year, my niece decides to get married on the top of a mountain, Banner Elk, and she wanted me to do it. And early Monday morning after the wedding on Sunday, I'm driving down the mountain in the dark. It's still dark in the mountains, and it's raining. And I have this train of Highlanders behind me saying, why is this guy going so slow? (laughs) And I am scared to death to run off the road. And I remembered I'm not alone, and I said, help. And you know what happened? The Lord got me safely off the mountain. Aren't you thankful to be a Christian? Aren't you thankful we don't need to know fancy prayers, but we just look to Jesus and say, what, help? Oh, so many times I've, I've had the opportunity to share the gospel with someone, but I'm such a coward. And Jesus just reminds me I'm not alone. And he just says, help. And I say, help. And he gives me the strength I need to share the gospel. Wow. I'm so thankful we don't need to know fancy prayers. We just say help, and the Lord helps. Oh, listen how it goes on. Water encompassed me to the point of death. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. Can you imagine a more horrific way to die than drowning? I mean, ever walking through the water and you feel weeds on your feet? Can you imagine that as you were going down, they were wrapped around your neck? Listen, I'm so old that I can remember surfing without a leash. And surfing without a leash, when you get tumbled by the waves, you don't know which way is up. And what a panic it is to be in the water and not know which way is up. And so Jonah is in the middle of the water and yells help because he doesn't know what to do. He has, he's, he has no one to call to but God. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I descended... To the roots of the mountains, the earth uh, with its bars was around me forever. But you have brought up my life from the pit, O oh Lord my God. Man, I was going down, down, down. And I said, help. And the Lord saved me because salvation is from above. When I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. The temple is where God's presence was on earth. I said, help toward your temple. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness. Listen, those who worship idols, when they call help, no one helps. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. That which I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. But oh, when I called out to the one true God, he saved me because salvation is from the Lord. As I read that, I thought, isn't that not Christmas in America? Isn't it? I mean, isn't our community filled with vain idols? Aren't there? 
And then there's Jesus, right? Oh, last Saturday, my wife Karen went to, uh, she went to the Christmas parade with our grandson, Ryder. And Strider told me they almost got his name right. They could have just added an S and T and made it Strider, right? But Karen is watching the Christmas parade an hour and a half. And there's Santa and Rudolph uh, and Star Wars and the elf. And every now and then, what? There's a little hint of Jesus. Oh, do you, do you drive around and see people's yard displays? Aren't they filled with idols? Aren't they filled with things that take our eyes off the wonder that salvation is from the Lord? Do you know when Jonah was in the water and he said, help, do you know it wasn't Santa who rescued him? It wasn't an elf. It wasn't the Grinch. It was Jesus. Aren't you thankful when we say help, there's someone there who helps? That's what Christmas is. It's the salvation. It's the celebration that salvation is from our God. This story is a powerful proclamation of the gospel. We see the bad news in here, and we see the good news in here, and we see our part, right, to yell help. Didn't you see the bad news? Listen, Jonah had a problem. He had a sin problem. He was running away from God, right? God said, go east. He said, I'll go west. That's true of me. It's true of you for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned against God. That's what sin is. It's a crime against God. It's not just Jonah. Jesus said to me, I want first place in your life. And I said no and ran away. Have you ever not put him first in your life? Do you know that Jesus gave me a wonderful mom and dad? And then Jesus said, honor your father and mother. And I said no. And over and over again, I disobeyed and broke my parents' hearts. Did, did you ever not honor your father and mother? And do you know what Jesus said to me? He said, you shall not steal. Oh, but I have stolen so many things in my life. Have you ever stolen anything? And you know what Jesus said? He said, you shall not bear false witness, but I have told lie after lie after lie. Have you? See, we're just like Jonah. We've all sinned. We've all run from God. But it gets worse. Jonah was not only guilty, he was helpless. He was in the middle of the storm. He was drowning. He couldn't save himself. That's true of us too. Our problem is not just that we have sinned, we are sinners. And what that means is, even if we tried our best to save ourselves, we couldn't. And can we be honest? How many of us really try? And it's even worse. Listen, he had sinned, he was helpless, and he was condemned. Because he had sinned against a just God, and so have we. Oh, when we understand we're like Jonah, that we are guilty and helpless and condemned. And then we hear the good news. Salvation. Salvation is from the Lord. Then we're excited. Oh, people don't like to hear the bad news. 
But the reason the good news is so good is when we understand our sin problem and then we hear that salvation is from the Lord. Don't you know when Jonah cried out to the Lord and the fish swallowed him, don't you know he was thankful he'd been saved? You do know the story of Christmas, right? (laughs) An angel comes to Mary, right? You remember the story. And the angel says, Mary, you've been chosen. Ladies, did you know that every Jewish woman thought, maybe I'll be the one? Because God had promised that one day the Savior would be born of a woman. And so all the Jewish women thought, maybe I'll be the one. Because only a woman could do that, could could be the mother of Jesus. But Mary got picked. You're the one. You're the one God's chosen. She says, how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit can take care of that. And and so the Savior was conceived in the womb of Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now listen, no one would understand except for Elizabeth, right? Because she too had a miraculous birth. Um, So she goes to visit Elizabeth, right? But, But after a while, she comes back and, you know, she's engaged to Joseph, right? And she's pregnant. Now it's beginning to show. I mean, come on, you're Joseph, right? And the lady you're engaged to is now pregnant, and you know it's not you, but she says, listen, uh, yeah, it's true I'm pregnant, but it's not what you think. <laughs> See, this, this, is, this is of God. This is of the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph, what? He says, no way. He doesn't believe her, right? And he wants to break off their engagement. And then an angel comes and says, it's true. It's true. And then the angel said this, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Is that the most precious name you've ever heard? If you've ever seen your sin, if you've ever seen your helplessness, if you've ever seen that you were condemned, it is the most precious name you will ever hear. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Oh. God the Son put on flesh, lived a perfect life, went to the cross and died for our sins. Do you know what the cross means? That our sins are far worse than we ever imagined. That's what we deserve. But it also says God's love is so much greater than we ever imagined. So Jesus took our sins, died on the cross as our substitute to pay the full and awful penalty for our sins, and then he rose on the third day. And he offers us the greatest gift ever given, the gift of salvation. You see, the gift you want isn't under the tree. The gift you really want is Jesus and salvation. What is the gift of salvation? It's the forgiveness of our sins. It is the opportunity to do life and eternity with Jesus. Isn't that what our hearts really long for? And how do we get this gift? We we learn from Jonah. We just look at Jesus and say, help. Have you ever asked him, help, save me? Isn't that what the Bible says? That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Oh, Jesus, I've been living in rebellion against you, and I'm sorry. You're Lord, I'm not. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and believe that he suffered and died and rose for you, you will be saved. Listen, if you've never yelled help to Jesus, wouldn't you like to be saved? Wouldn't you like to be forgiven and do life in eternity right now, won't you? Or as I close in prayer, I'll be glad to assist you. But here's what I did. I admitted, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. Won't you? 
Maybe I'm the only one here, but I've done so many th wrong things. Have you? And then I said, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And then I committed to him as Savior. And Lord, Jesus, come in and forgive me and give me eternal life. And he did. And, and Jesus, I want you to come in and, and help me be the person you want me to be. And oh, he did. He did. So listen, if you've done that, <laughs> oh, I'm praying that the Spirit would move among us in the wonder the wonder of our salvation would fill us anew that salvation is from the Lord. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Because then as we look around us, we'll see things so differently. Back to our passage. Those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness. That, that people have put their hopes in false things. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will celebrate the wonder of Christmas. The wonder. That which I vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Oh, to be saved is to be forgiven. To be saved as we get to do life with Jesus. To be saved as we get to do eternity with Jesus. And when we know we're going to spend eternity with Jesus, we can be reasonably happy in this life because we know we'll be supremely happy in the life to come. We can endure so much more in this life when we know something better is coming. And uh, listen, guys... The Bible is for men. It's for women too, but it's, it's such a guy's book. Listen to this next verse. This verse is so good. What a guy's verse. Then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah on up. Isn't that great? Right there in the Word is vomit. I love it. And it vomited Jonah up on the dry land. Oh, the Bible's a great book and it's all about Jesus and the whole book is about that salvation is from the Lord. So, if we're going to have the best Christmas ever in a December to remember, then uh, here's the action step for this week. I want you to enjoy your salvation. <laughs> I mean, there are people in this community who, who've been saved and people who haven't. I mean, shouldn't they be visibly different? Wouldn't you think they would be different? So, how do we enjoy our salvation? Uh, here's how to enjoy our salvation. Let's celebrate the birth of our Savior. Let's celebrate. And then, as we celebrate, then let's invite others to celebrate with us. Um, isn't that what Jonah is saying? Those who regard vain idols forsake their faith. He says, I see idols everywhere around me. And, and they disappoint people. With the voice of thanksgiving, that which I vowed, I will say, salvation is from the Lord. But I will celebrate that salvation is from the Lord. So let me help you celebrate his birth. In Luke chapter 10 Verse 38, we read, Now as they were traveling along, Jesus and his disciples, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him, welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. Now I love Mary because every time you meet Mary, she's always seated at Jesus' feet. 
And you know why? Because when Jesus is in the house, it's a good idea what? To listen to him. And so we're in this season where some people believe in salvation, that salvation is from the Lord. Why wouldn't they celebrate that when there's so many other distractions in our culture? But notice, I love this, but Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all this serving alone? Tell her to help me. I love this. Martha thinks the problem's with Mary, right? So he says, Jesus, fix my sister. Do we ever pray like that? Maybe you're married and you say, you know, Jesus, fix my wife or fix my husband. Martha was totally unprepared for what Jesus did. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are the problem. You were worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. He says it's so simple. It's so simple. How many of us this month we, we dread because we have so many distractions, so many things? Martha, Martha, you were worried and bothered about so many things. Um, to celebrate the birth of our Savior, that uh, I think some of us need to get our yard out. We need to throw Santa out and the elf out and the Grinch out so that Jesus is there alone and we're filled anew with the wonder, the wonder that salvation is from the Lord. You know, people tell me, well, I want my kids to be filled with wonder. I mean, isn't Christmas filled with wonder? It's the wonder of the Trinity, that God is one, yet three. Isn't that not wonder-filled? And the baby is fully God and fully man. Is that not wonder-filled? And the baby was born to save sinners. Could there be anything more wonder-filled than that? Why would we want anything to distract from that? But I hear the Marthas here, and they're saying, well, smiling, somebody has to do these things. Someone has to fix the meal. Someone has to decorate the house. To which I would say, Says who? What did Jesus say? Martha, Martha, you were worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Oh, what do we say often with the gospel? Often with the gospel we say that Jesus plus nothing equals everything, right? That Jesus, plus, I mean, if you have Jesus, you really don't need anything else. Do we believe that? Do we believe that at Christmas? And, and then we say that everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Do we believe that? Wouldn't that influence the way we celebrate Christmas? I mean, let me ask you a question. Wouldn't it be better to have Jesus and eat peanut and butter and jelly sandwiches for Christmas? Wouldn't that be better than to have an amazing Christmas meal and all kinds of presents under the tree 
and know Jesus, wouldn't it? Oh, the gift you want is not under the tree. It's not. Haven't you learned that? I mean, I learned that when I was a kid. Every year there was a gift I wanted. And oh, if I had that, I would be, it would be everything, right? One year it was a baseball glove. Oh, I wanted a glove. I told my parents I dreamed about it. Christmas came, I opened it. I played catch with it. I slept with it for a week. And the thrill was gone, wasn't it? It was just a glove. But 55 years ago, someone told me about Jesus. And that's the gift my heart longed for, and yours too. And when I open that gift, you talk about the gift that keeps on giving. Jesus becomes more precious and more special every day of my life, doesn't he with you? Oh, you know what Jesus does for me? He reminds me that our failures are not fatal. Our failures are not fatal. Maybe I'm the only person in here who fails. But if someone said, Smiley, what are you good at? I would say, I'm really good at catching red lights and disappointing people. <clears throat> That's what I'm good at. And so often I'm so overwhelmed by my failures. And I'm so thankful to know Jesus. In 1 John 1.9 we read, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Oh, how wonderful it is. It's great to be a Christian. We, we live around so many people who won't admit their sins. They won't admit their failures because they're so afraid. They're trying to prove that they're good. I'm not good, but I have a great Savior. And the Bible says if we confess our sins, He washes them all away. Isn't Jesus the greatest gift ever, isn't he? Our failures are not fatal. Listen, our lives are not futile. Life is hard. Listen, being married is hard. Being single is hard. Being a mom or dad is hard. Being parented is hard. Working is hard. Being unemployed is hard. Life in a fallen world is hard. But our lives are not futile because we get to do life with Jesus. We have a friend and a purpose. And when Jesus moves in, he says, I'm never leaving. Isn't that what we want at Christmas? We have that in Jesus. Don't we long for a purpose? He's got a purpose for us big enough so that each day of our lives we get excited about it. Matter of fact, in four, Matthew 4, uh, 19, uh, and he said to them, follow me. How cool is that? That we get to follow Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That, that he says, follow me and there's a model for life. And he says, and I will make you fishers of men. It was Thursday morning. You know what I do every Thursday morning? I meet with a group of people who say, will you disciple me so I can disciple others? Is that like the best opportunity ever? And you know what I do on Thursday mornings? A lady came in this week, and she said, you know, Smiley, I've been praying for my neighbor, and I was walking through my neighborhood this week, and I saw my neighbor, and I shared the gospel with my neighbor. I shared the bad news and I shared the good news and I invited him to respond and with tears in his eyes he said yes. How could God use someone like me to change someone's eternal justice? I can't believe we get to do this. I'm so thankful to be a Christian. I was wasting my life and Jesus gave me an opportunity, and you an opportunity not to waste our lives, that we can follow Him and fish for men. Oh, 
so thankful for Jesus because our death is not final. Do you know we live in a death-denying culture? Nobody will even use that word. But listen, we're all going to die. But if we're a Christian, we don't have to fear because the best is yet to come. Every morning when I have breakfast with Jesus, I always pray this to myself. Philippians 1.21, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Isn't that the best ever? Isn't it? That if you're a Christian, you can't lose. Because if you live, you get to spend time with your friend and you have a purpose. And if you die, you go to be with your friend. How amazing is that? So this year when someone asks you, what did you get for Christmas? Say, listen, I have received the best gift ever. What is it? Well, you wouldn't believe it if I told you. Go ahead, tell me. You know what I received? Salvation. Salvation is from the Lord. You know what I received is forgiveness. Our failures are not fatal and our lives are not futile. Wouldn't you like to know Him too? So listen, this year, let's celebrate the birth of our Savior, okay? Let's celebrate the birth of our Savior. And then as we celebrate the birth of our Savior, let's invite others to celebrate His birth with us. A little teaser for next week. Here's where we're going next week in Jonah 3. Verse 1, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I am going to tell you. This is the second time, because the first time he said go, and what did Jonah do? He, he ran. So what's he going to do this time? Well, come back next week and, <laughs> and find out. Um, as we celebrate the birth of our Savior are we not surrounded by people who've put their hope in vain idols? Don't you want to go and invite them to meet the wonder of Jesus, don't you? Uh, you know what I find so encouraging about Jonah? So many of us think, you know, I don't know enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I couldn't win anybody to faith in Christ. <laughs> and Jonah is right there in the middle of the Bible to show us that salvation is from the Lord, that Jesus can take a reluctant prophet, someone who didn't want to share the gospel, and use him to win anyone to faith in Christ. Imagine what he could do with us if we wanted to. Jesus can use anyone, even a reluctant person, to save anyone. I mean, the Lord used him to reach sailors, right? I mean... They're unlikely. What do we often say? Man, that person has such a filthy mouth, they cuss like a sailor. A lot of us think sailors would be unreached. But when someone went and shared, even sailors came to faith in Christ. And then there was Nineveh. Listen, it was a wicked, godless, brutal city. And yet, the Lord used an unlikely person, a reluctant servant, a prophet, to reach them. In this... We learn the lesson we learn every day in our lives that people are more willing to come to faith in Jesus than we are to share Him. These Christmas gatherings, people opening their homes and inviting people in, and they're shocked when people come and come to faith in Christ. Listen, people are more willing to come to Christ than we are to share Him. So listen, to have a December to remember, 
to have the best Christmas ever. As we're celebrating His birth, let's invite others to celebrate with us. Oh, won't you join our Christmas team? Listen, we're a church. We're not an audience. We're a body. Won't you join the team? Listen, I'd love to coach you. I'd love to help you. Won't you mark that on your card? I'd like to be a part of the team or email me. Well, what can you do? You can pray. Won't you pray? Help! Pray for the Christmas gatherings to come, that as people invite people, lost people would come, as the gospel shared, the gospel would shared, people would come to Christ. Pray for Christmas Eve. Pray the Lord would fill both of our campuses and all of our services with people. Pray as the gospel shared, that people would come to faith in Christ. Pray, because salvation is from the Lord. Secondly, you can invite. Even if you're going to be out of town, you can invite. In the lobby, you can pick up uh, cards, um, really encourage you, won't you grab some invitations and, and invite people? Uh, now, I want you to know, uh, we're, we're having three services on Christmas Eve. They're moved from the morning to the afternoon and having a third service, 3, 4.30, and 6. Someone said, well, Smiley, why don't we have morning services? Well, if that's what you're thinking, three reasons. The first of all, it's the Lord's Day, and we're worshiping on the Lord's Day. Second reason is we believe that Christmas Eve is a wonderful win event. And we believe we'll have an opportunity to win more people in the afternoon and evening than we will in the morning. And thirdly, we want to show some respect to our gospel partners and to our staff so they're not, they're not here all morning and all afternoon as well. So let me encourage you, grab some invitations and invite people. Why not this week when you're with people say, how do you celebrate Christmas in your family? What are your traditions? And if they ask you back, why don't you say, listen, we love to begin our Christmas celebration on Christmas Eve by going to church. Would you like to celebrate His birth with us and invite people to come? To be a part of the Christmas team is to come, not as an audience, but to come as gospel partners. What if we all came, we were all a part of pulling on the nets? What if we came early so our guests were welcomed? What if we looked for new people and made them feel welcome? Do you know when I was invited to Young Life many years ago? When I, when I went into the room, there was love and joy in the room. And I was prepared to hear the gospel because I thought, I don't know what these people have, but whatever these people have, I want it. Wouldn't it be great that when people came in on Christmas Eve, they thought there's something different in this place. Won't you help us be that church? Didn't Jesus say that? Didn't he say, by this all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another? Let's do this together. <laughs> oh, and then you can follow up. That person you bring or invite and they hear the gospel and they put their faith in Jesus, won't you ask them, hey, would you like to follow Jesus with me? And you say, well, son, I, I don't know how to follow up. We'd love to equip you to do that. Um, wouldn't you love to have the best Christmas ever? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you love to have a December to remember? You really can. You really can when we enjoy our salvation. It begins. It begins when we who know Jesus, we use the season to celebrate the birth of our Savior. This salvation is from the Lord. And as we celebrate that, we invite others, come, come and celebrate the birth of our Savior because salvation is from the Lord. Let's pray.
Oh, Jesus, we're so thankful that salvation is from the Lord, that you save, that we don't save ourselves. Oh, Jesus, thank you for coming and living and dying and rising so that we could be saved. Listen, if you're here today and you've never yelled help toward Jesus, won't you? I mean, he's here. Won't you say, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. Well, if you've done that for the first time, way to go. Lord, I pray for all of us who have received your free gift of salvation that we would celebrate your birth, that this year we would be filled anew with the wonder of one God in three persons and the wonder of God made man and the wonder that you're our Savior. Lord, may we celebrate your birth. And Lord, we pray that we would invite others, others to come, others to come and celebrate your birth with us. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.